Ready to explore the branches on your family tree? Join Abbott historian and genealogist Cherie Harper as she helps you begin your journey of finding out just where you came from. Brick Walls and Pitfalls starts now. Hello and welcome to Brick Walls and Pitfalls from the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Today we're discussing military records. And so there is a lot to cover here. And so I'm not going to go into um, a whole lot of depth with each one of these just because it is so overwhelming the amount of information you can find. Um, Basically... If you're not a history buff, probably the thing I would say to you is that you would want to start basically looking at your, and this is going to be mostly, well, primarily, as far as I've ever found, male ancestors um, that these records are available for. But you want to look at the time period that your ancestor was alive and figure out what major you know, wars and things like that were going on. Because during times of war, there were drafts and things like that, and there was registrations for drafts. And so... Depending on when your ancestor was alive, that information may or may not be there. Um, For instance, for one part of my family, um, all of the men on one branch of my family, all of them were too young to have fought in the Civil War. And so there's one branch where I don't have a single soldier. And then there are other branches where it timed out just right to where I have several. And so um, looking at their approximate age during a major conflict will help you to know if you should really dig very hard. Um, so I'd recommend starting there. If you're not a history person, um, you know, quick Google searches help with a lot of this stuff. You can basically narrow down, you know, w- what years any certain war was going on and figure out if your ancestor might have participated or might have at least registered for a draft or something and, and see if it's worth digging down. Um, there are definitely records. Um, again, we're back to Ancestry.com because that's what I use. Um, that's the tool I use. But on Ancestry, there's databases for, you know, Civil War. There's, well, there's starting with Revolutionary War soldiers. Um, going all the way up to World War II. And so if you have an ancestor who was alive during that time period who would have been a fighting age, so to speak, which is we're talking 20 to 30 years old at that time, um, you know, sometimes younger, sometimes older, but give or take, you're looking at 20 to 30-year-old men. And so if you have an ancestor who was alive in in America during that time, um, you know, you probably want to look into that a little harder and see if you can get more information. Um, There are Revolutionary War records, it will give you, um, you know, your ancestor's name. It will tell you, um, you know, which unit they were in, um, which side they were on. Um, there also are going to be revolution, Revolutionary War pension um, records. So if your ancestor fought in the war and, you know, survived it and was awarded anything after the fact, um, there will be records for that. Um then you move on to, you know, the War of 1812, um, Civil War. There seems to be quite a bit for Civil War Um you know, because basically half the country was fighting in it. So there's a lot of records there. Not only are there going to be, you know, enlistment and muster rolls, which muster rolls are basically like attendants for um, soldiers. But they're also um, the really interesting thing about uh, Civil War records is after the fact, um, you could apply for pension. And so if you are lucky enough to have an ancestor who applied for pension, they had to go in and personally fill out all kind of documentation to try and get that. Having said that, it didn't seem to be very easy to get pension because I see a lot of turndowns, um, a lot of where they were rejected. But um, those ancestors who filled those out, there it's a questionnaire. And so it asks them a whole wealth of questions um, about their military service. It'll tell you what battles they were in, um, which there are other ways to find that information. Um, but I probably will go back and touch on that another time with a Civil War specific podcast. Um But basically, like in that questionnaire, it will tell you uh, 
you know, their name, where they were born, uh, what battles they might have fought in, uh, that kind of stuff. And it asked them a few questions. And then they had to also supply uh, affidavits and things from people that knew them um, that could vouch for them in some way. Um, One of my ancestors in particular had a uh, sent in several letters to the pension board, basically demanding that they give him his pension. And so I've got um, probably 30 pages of handwritten letters of my ancestor berating the the pension board, um, demanding that he get what he thought was rightfully his. And so um, that was pretty interesting. I've never found another one like that. But basically, you're able to kind of get a some sort of insight into into this ancestor's mindset and their personality just from reading those letters. Um, so that was that was pretty amazing. So the Civil War seems to have a lot more of that kind of stuff, um, you know, available online, at least. Um, also, uh, one thing I really like is, uh, as I've talked about before, is, is I'm more interested a lot of times in not just the names and dates and facts and things like that. And you need that information. But I'm interested in the context of of any situation. I'm interested in trying to learn more about what their life was like or what they may have looked like or, you know, that kind of information to get me a better feel for them as a person. Um, Because to me, these are family members, even though I've never met them, rather than just being, you know, names and date on a page. So um, the next thing uh, that I'll talk about is the World War One draft records. And basically, um, they did three different rounds of draft requirements from 1917 to 1918. Um, And, the first one in 1917, any man 21 to 31. In eight, 1918, was 21 to 31. And then um, in late uh, 1918, they did another one for anyone 18 to 45. And so if you had a male ancestor alive during this time period, they would have had to register for the draft. Um, on that card, um, if you go in and look at them, I will try and post a um, an example of that. But on those cards, it actually tells you, you know, their... Uh, you know, their name, if they were married, it gives you also my, probably my favorite thing about it. Um, and it may just be me, but the most interesting thing about these is it'll tell you, you know, what they did for an occupation. Um, if they had any kind of disability or some reason they'd be exempt, it would tell you that. So, for example, if you had someone in your family tree that was deaf or something like that, um, it would tell you. Um, but also uh, it gives you a description of the person. Um I currently have one pulled up right now looking at um, my great-grandfather. Uh, John Lowry was his name, and he was um, he reg- he was born in 1893, so he registered for the draft in 1917. Um, and basically, um, it says he was short, medium build, with gray eyes and, uh, and dark brown hair. And it also with- will ask if they're bald and do they have any missing limbs or anything like that, or they have a disability. So, um, you know, it's it's pretty neat. It gives you a if you've never seen a picture of the person and some of us, you know, have been in a situation where there's no pictures of this ancestor. And so it gives you an idea of, of you know, what they look like, which I think is kind of neat. Um, and that's, you know, a, na- a nationwide database. You can find that. Um, I'm sure there's other ways to search it. Like I said, I pull all mine off of Ancestry, um, but it's out there. And so that gives you a lot more information. This is Cherie Harper, and you're listening to Brick Walls and Pitfalls in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Henson Oakley Family Dentistry now features Zoom teeth whitening. You'll find them on West Jackson Street in Cookville, and today we are covering military records. And so as we're talking about for military records, um, the World War I draft, I'm going to go back to that for just a second, because to give you an idea of what kind of, how many records there are, um, there are over 24 million draft cards that are in the database. Um, about 23% of the population had to register for the draft. Um, out of 
basically out of um, in World War One, about four point eight million people served. Um, two million volunteered, and about two point eight were drafted. Um, I did find the other day where it looks like Ancestry's gotten a new database in there um, of basically the local county draft list of people who were drafted. Um, and so um, that's kind of a new one that I've been playing around with a little bit. Um, so there, there's lots of information out there, and it's really convenient to find, find it all in one spot where you can uh, search it when you have time and and jot those things down and, and save it to a person and, and you know come back to it later if it's something you need. Um, there's also World War II um, records on Ancestry. Um, if your family member actually served, it will tell you their service dates. It'll tell you um, a lot of times once they pass away, it goes, there's a veterans uh, database and it'll show, you know, their service dates, their birth and death dates, show you if they, um, a lot of times those veterans, you know, have veterans tombstones and things like that. And so, you know, all the way from Revolutionary War up to World War II, um, you'll find a lot of those draft enlistment cards and things like that. Um, even through Korea and Vietnam, though, if you have a family member who has passed away who was in the military, it will actually, the veterans database on Ancestry contains all that. Um, I've got a distant relative from the that uh, served in Vietnam, and his information, um, he's passed away, and so his information is in that database as well. It shows you birth and death date and the dates they served. Um, once you have that information, you can go to um, the government websites and you can actually request their service records. Um, one thing I've run into, unfortunately, is that a lot of the men who served in World War II, um, there was a fire of some sort at some point and a bunch of the records were lost. And so um, I was just researching my husband's grandfather not too long ago and tried to order those records. And unfortunately, they just don't exist. They're not available. And so that part's disappointing. But um, with basic information, you can try and order the military records and it will actually show you any medals the person received. It will tell you where they served. Um, And you can, again, Google's your best friend. You can go and look and see, Okay, if it says they were in France in 1943, you know, what bat and you can look at their it'll actually tell you even what unit they were in. And you can find out basically what did where did that unit serve? What did they do? What battles might they have seen? Um, And that's a kind of a neat way. If you've never been passed down a story, you could find out if this person was, you know, maybe they were at the Battle of Normandy and you never knew that. No one in your family knew it to pass it down. Um, Civil War is kind of the same. I've done a lot more digging there um, just because it's easier. But basically, you can look at the service dates of your ancestor in the Civil War. You can pull up their, you know, company and unit and you can look and see. um, There's several different websites that have that information logged and you can just do a quick Google search and find it. One of them is through the Park Service, but it will tell you all the battles that that unit fought in. And so um, between that and maybe a pension record, you can look and see uh, what battles your your ancestor might have been in. Um, I've got several that were, you know, in Shiloh and Chickamauga and things like that. Um, and so, you know, it, it's it's pretty neat to look at, at those records and, and get a feel for the fact that, you know, you've got a 22-year-old kid that survived Shiloh um, and comes home to raise his family. And, and so many people didn't get to do that. So... That part of it, the human part of it is always the interesting part for me. But without the records, you can't get to the human part. You can't get to the backstory. Um, So those are just some of the basics of looking up military records. Um, I will provide some links on my Facebook page, which is Insight Genealogy. I'll provide some links to this and, and some examples on my Facebook page, which is Insight Genealogy and Research. Um, and so 
you, you can look at that and, and try and get a better idea of, of how to go about getting that information. Again, there are lots of uh, free ways to do it. Um, however, I personally am an ancestry loyalist at this point. It's just made my life so much easier. Um, but always feel free to contact me through my Facebook page and ask questions. Um, I'll be glad to try and help you any way that I can. Um, I am definitely not a professional genealogist, but at this point, I'm very experienced and feel like I have a lot of information I can share and tips I can help you with to get around something that may be tripping you up. Um, thank you for listening to Brick Walls and Pitfalls. Join us for our next episode as we, dis- as we discuss context. And just a reminder, you can catch up on all episodes of Brick Walls anytime in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center.